Welcome, welcome, my friends, to this week's podcast. And it is the podcast to celebrate out with 2020 and end with 2021. It's intended to be listened to on New Year's weekend, but of course, you can listen to it anytime you choose. It's going to be a podcast about God starting new things, which is a good subject for the coming of a new year, but also about God helping us to overcome the old things, which in saying goodbye to 2020 is an excellent way to begin the new year. Say goodbye to what we've been through. Say hello to what could be. We'll be looking at the 43rd chapter of Isaiah, where God talks about starting new things. And it all begins with an interesting call to worship, a little bit of a departure. I didn't want to say goodbye to all the Christmas music just yet, so this is a version of Carol of the Bells, mashed up with God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And it's done, it's arranged by the piano guys, but it's actually on an album called Twelve Cellos. And it's called Twelve Cellos because it includes twelve cellos. This arrangement of the Carol of the Bells and God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen is interesting because one of them is in three-quarters time and the other is in four-four time. And yet the piano guys mash them together and sick all 12 cellos on the piece, and it ends up being a great call to worship. So let's call ourselves to worship as we talk about out with the old and in with the new with Carol of the Bells and God Rest Ye Married Gentlemen.
Today's scripture lesson is a great one for the new year. It comes from a vision of Isaiah in the 43rd chapter, and it's all about God doing new things, which is perfect for the coming of a new year. So hear this passage from Isaiah 43. I'm going to begin by reading the first three verses and then skip down to verse 18 and 19. But sometime on your own, you should read the whole chapter. It's a very interesting treatise and vision about how God does new things, even with old groups of people, and dare I say, with old people. So here is an excerpt from Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. But now, this is what the Lord says, the one who created you, Jacob, the one who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Today's hymn lifts up the same theme from Isaiah 43. It is a wonderful hymn written by David Haas and first released in 1991. And the words to this hymn pick up so much of the meaning of Isaiah 43. Do not be afraid, I am with you. I have called you each by name. In the silence I will come to you. I will walk you through the waters. I will walk you through the fire. It's been so popular that it's been published in at least 17 hymnals and been recorded more than a hundred times. But this is David Haas's version, the composer, as he sings today's hymn, You Are Mine. will come to you in the silence I will lift you from all your fears You will hear my voice I claim you as my choice Be still and know I am here I am hopeful
I am strength for all the despairing Healing for the ones who dwell in shame All the blind will see The lame will all run free And all will know my name Our scripture passage today from the 43rd chapter of Isaiah is a vision that God gave to Isaiah about the people of God. In order to truly understand the vision, we need to understand a little bit about to whom Isaiah is giving the vision and what were their circumstances. Well, Isaiah actually was a prophet who lived 742 plus years before the birth of Christ. And part of his vision is a prediction for the future, a time a couple of hundred years after Isaiah lived on the earth, in which the people of God would be defeated by Babylon, and many of them would be taken off and made slaves and prisoners in Babylon. Actually, this event did take place a couple of hundred years after the life of Isaiah, so his prediction came true. By 598 B.C. all the way to 538 B.C., about 60 years, the people of God were defeated by the Babylonian Empire, and most of the people were carted off and used as slaves and workers in Babylon, and they lived there in exile through many generations. 
They tried to keep up their hope during these times by believing that at some point, some day in their future, God would return them to their homeland in Israel, and there they would be able to worship as they pleased again. Well, it didn't happen very quickly. For 60 years, they were under the control of the Babylonian Empire, and then finally, a great king from Persia defeated the Babylonians, And in doing so, when he came to power, this great king, he passed an edict in the year 538 before Christ, in which he allowed the Jews to return to their homeland, and with rejoicing and celebration, they did return. But this prophecy, these words from Isaiah, did not come predicting the time when they would return. They came predicting the time in which the people would still be in captivity. And the whole conversation that Isaiah and God is having with the people of God is about believing, even in the darkest times, that good things will come. Don't worry about the past, says the end of the passage. I'm going to do a new thing. It tries to help them remember that even when the people of God were in captivity in Egypt, God sent Moses and Aaron to release them from their bondage and their slavery. They passed through the Red Sea and were free from Pharaoh and his armies and allowed to go and establish the promised land, the same promised land that they hoped to return to one day. And so God's vision to Isaiah in chapter 43 is about a time in the future, not when everything will be beautiful, but when they will be in captivity once again. And they need to remember that God took them out of captivity from Egypt and God will take them out of captivity from Babylon as well, even though for many generations they never saw it. When you pass through the waters, God's vision to Isaiah says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God. I am the one who will save you. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Believe that I am doing a new thing. Now it begins to spring up. Do you not perceive it? I'm going to make a way in the wilderness, and I'm going to make streams in the wasteland. I've done it before. And I will now do it again for the people of God, as one day in the future I will release you from your captivity in Babylon. Well, the prophecy all came true. The people of God were defeated by the Babylonians, and for 60 years held in captivity just as they were for generations in Egypt. But once again, the powerful love of God never left them alone. And in time, a long time to be sure, they were released from captivity and were able to return to their homeland where they still live to this very day in Israel and Palestine. It's a great story. It's a great vision about a new year because it never suggests that the people of God won't go through pain and suffering. Notice the tenses that are used even in the English of Isaiah 43. When you pass through the waters, not if you pass through the waters, not I will keep you from passing through the waters, 
but when you pass through the waters. And again, when you walk through the fire. Not if you walk through the fire. Not I will keep you from walking through the fire. But when you walk through the fire. When you pass through the waters. And when you walk through the fire. I will be with you. I will walk with you through the waters. I will walk with you through the fire. Now perhaps in ending the year 2020. You feel like you've been walking through raging waters. Perhaps we all feel like we've almost been swept away by the raging waters around us. Perhaps for some of us, it's been such a terrible year. It feels like we've been burned by the fire, that the flames have been lapping at us and setting us ablaze. 2020 has been a year for the ages, has it not? But God's promise is never that we won't go through years like 2020. God's promise is never that we won't go through pandemics and water and fire and racism and terrible political years. God's promise is not that we'll be separated from all the evils of the world. No, God's promise is just what God said in the vision to Isaiah. Do not fear. For I am with you. I have called you by name because you belong to me. And because you belong to me, when you pass through waters, when you pass through rivers, when you pass through fires, when you pass through years of pandemic and racism and politics, when you pass through something that feels like you cannot survive, I will be with you and I will walk with you not keeping you from the flames and fire, not keeping you from the river raging around you, not keeping you from the pandemic, but walking with you. I, like all of you, have suffered some in my own life. I've made some bad choices. I've had some financial difficulties. I've lost loved ones. I've had family members pass away unexpectedly. I've had many members of my family that I loved live to a ripe old age, but others found disease and died early. I've even lost a grandchild just before it was supposed to be born. These are hard times, but they're not unexpected. The world can be a difficult place, and 2020 was certainly a difficult year. The promise is not that I would never have hardship. The promise is not that I would never feel pain. The promise is not that I would never shed tears for those that I have lost. But the promise is I would have God walking with me through the raging waters, through the burning fires, through the pandemic, and a year such as 2020. And now, as we end this year and move into a new one, There is another promise. The God of Israel will be your Savior. The one who asked you not to dwell on the past is now going to do a new thing. One of the things I have really personally missed during this pandemic lockdown time is giving children sermons. I used to give them each and every Sunday, and kids would come down in front and sit down on a pew in front of me or on the floor while I sat with them. I've really missed telling children's stories, so I decided that as we conclude 2020 and look forward to 2021, 
I'll end today's podcast with a children's story. This story is called The Fairy's New Year Gift, and it's written by Emily Polson. Once upon a time, there were two little kids at play one day when a magical fairy suddenly appeared before them, and the fairy said, Kids, I have been sent to give you New Year's presents. And she handed each child a package, and then, in an instant, was gone. Catherine and David opened the packages and found in them two beautiful books with pages as white and pure as the snow when it first falls. The two children wanted to look through the beautiful white pages of their books, but only one page could be turned. The others all seemed to stick together and could not be moved. Each night they would go to bed after looking at a single page, and then the next morning would gleefully run to open the pages of their lovely white book, only to find once again only one new page could be turned, while all the others stayed stuck together. Now, many months pass, and the fairy came back again to the two children. I brought you each another book, she said, and I will take the first books back to Father Time, who sent them to you. Oh, can't I keep mine a little longer, asked Catherine. I've hardly thought about it lately. I'd like to paint something on the last pure white page that lies open. No, said the fairy. I must take it exactly as it is. I wish that I could look through mine just once more, said David. I've only seen one page at a time, for when the leaf turns over, it sticks fast, and I can never open the book at more than one place each day. Oh, indeed, you shall look at your book, said the fairy, and Catherine will look at hers. And the fairy lit for them two silver lamps, by the light of which they could see the pages as she turned them in front of their faces one by one. The kids looked in wonder. Could it be that these were the same fair books she had given them a year ago? Where were the clean white pages, as pure and beautiful as the snow when it falls? There was a page with ugly black spots and scratches upon it, while the very next page showed a lovely picture. Some pages were decorated with gold and silver and gorgeous colors, others with beautiful flowers, and still others with a rainbow of the softest, most delicate brightness. Yet even on those most beautiful of pages, there were a few ugly blots and scratches. Catherine and David looked up at the fairy at last. Who did all this, they asked. Every page was white and fair as we opened to it, yet now there's not a single blank place in the whole book. Shall I explain the pictures to you, said the fairy, smiling at the two children. See, Catherine, the spray of roses blossomed on this page, when you let your brother share your toys. And this pretty bird, that looks as if it were singing with all its might, David, it would never have been on this page if you had not been kind to the store clerk, who seemed so sad the other day. But what makes this blot? asked David. That, said the fairy sadly, that came when you told a lie that very same day. And this one, when you stole the cookie, when your dad wasn't looking. All these blots and scratches that look so ugly, both in your book and in Catherine's, were made when you were mean or unkind. Each pretty thing in your books came on its page when you made a choice to be loving. 
Oh, if only we could have known. We could have worked harder to paint every page more beautifully and wipe out a lot of these blots and scratches, said Catherine. Can't we have the books back again? This time, maybe we can do better, said both Catherine and David. No, said the fairy, that cannot be. See, they are already closed for this year, and they must now go back into Father Time's bookcase. But look, I brought you each a new one. Perhaps you can make these more beautiful than the others. So saying this, the fairy vanished, and the kids were left alone. But each held in their hand a brand new book, beautiful white pages like the new fallen snow, open only to the first page. And on the back of the book was written in gold letters, For the New Year. So, let's pray together. Almighty God, I know you've handed us a blank book with pure white pages that will be filled in in the coming year. Last year's book is full of all kinds of raging water and burning fires. Last year's book is full of blots we have added ourselves to already difficult days. But this year, even though we know we will not be perfect, even though we're not sure what the year will bring, we know for a fact that you are doing new things, that you will be walking with us. So help us not to worry about the past. Let that book be put on the bookshelf and to open the new pages with a clear and present understanding that you will do new things with us as well. Help us to paint those pages with kindness and love wherever we can. And no matter what the new year may bring, Almighty God, we know you will do new things with us and you will always be with us because you call us by name and we belong to you. In the name of Christ, we pray all these things. Amen. It seems somehow appropriate that we would use Robbie Burns' great old song, Old Lang Syne, as our closing benediction. But I'd like to use the last verse, with your permission, instead of the more familiar ones, because I've always thought that was my favorite. The podcast has now come to an end. Let us go in peace with this benediction. And here's a hand, my trusty friend, and give your hand in mine. We'll drink a cup of kindness yet for days of old lang syne. Go in peace into a new year. Amen.